and welcome to day 31 of A Year of War and Peace. I'm Logan. I'm Brett. And we're at a month. We're at the longest a month can go. Oh my. The end of January. The end of January. One month of reading War and Peace every single day. And one month until Brett and I fight to the death. That's right. You heard it here first. On February... 31st brett and i are gonna fight to the death i'll stick to that on as soon as february 31st rolls around one of us is dying uh-oh uh-oh they're gonna change some rules of science <laughs> of science hey man people really want to see a good fight especially with a really hot sexy woman that's you <laughs> <laughs> and a little wizard who lives in a hut that's me <laughs> Okay. <laughs> did we even did you say what we're reading today? No, we're reading this book called War and Peace. Uh and we're on volume 1, part 2, chapter 6. Indeed. Another short chapter. Very just short. Just a little over 2 pages in our editions. We start off with Kutuzov and his army retreating. Cowards. They're fleeing after the destruction of General Mack. They are fleeing eastward through Austria to recuperate with the rest of the Russian reinforces reinforcements who are still flowing in from the east. So they're trying to buy time to build up their forces so that they can actually confront Napoleon mm-hmm. further eastward. Uh, historically, this was Kutuzov's strategy. He had a very delaying strategy. He wanted to retreat and pull back a lot, while the Austrians and the emperor were a little more um, champing at the bit for some battle. <laughs> <laughs> So they're fleeing, they're burning the bridges as they cross these bridges and cross all these rivers, and we catch up with them as they are crossing the river Enns. Mm-hmm. Uh, the army is crossing, and we find uh, Nesvitsky, another one of Andre's friend adjutants in the, yes. under Kutuzov. And he's trying to get his men to eat. They are not eating. Oh, yeah, they aren't. They aren't eating. <laughs> he's like, you guys got to eat. He means that in the other sense. He's like, big, big dogs got to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he is with the cannon brigade the group of cannoneers who are overlooking the army as they're retreating just kind of to watch their rear and hey, as the army is, <laughs> loved watching me. <laughs> as the army is retreating uh french cannons pull up and start firing at them and so the austrian cannons the russian cannons start shooting back at them which why are you wasting cannonballs just like lobbing them at each other hey man i set these cannons up if I'm sitting there with no, a, you didn't. If I'm sitting there with a loaded cannon and I have an ex- I have something to shoot it at, hey man, boom boom. That that is just cr- I hate loud noises. So oh. I'm already like not really in this the can whole cannon boat. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like you'd think that resources perhaps would be more valuable <laughs> than just shooting some cannonballs. <laughs> well, imagine you're in a time. Where it's not easy to produce loud, deafening noises at command. And now you have the opportunity to make some. You just got some paper. It's kind of exciting. You get some, some paper and you roll it into a cone. Then you give it to the loudest guy in your regiment. <laughs> and have him just go, boom! <laughs> boom! I don't know. I don't think that would... I don't know that would have the same effect. <laughs> They're not going to know. They Maybe they'll think you have some sick new weapon and they get really scared and they <laughs> run away. Maybe. Maybe. And then uh, Nesvitsky is given orders to ride down and order the hussars to cross the bridge and the hussars, wait there. The hussars are the division that Nikolai yes. uh, Dolokhov, no, Denisov, Denisov. Uh, 
and Kirsten uh, and, the and other Kirsten buddies. and all of them are all in the horse the horse riders with Little Rook. Little Rook, indeed. Little Rook is Little, also a part. <laughs> Little Rook is a is a valiant member of the Hussars. Dude, I need a little rook T-shirt, and it's just gonna have a little a rook chest piece, but just really small <laughs> on the shirt, and it's just gonna say "Little Rook" <laughs> but, and, a, and a horse next to it. <laughs> rook and horse. <laughs> but the um, so the, yes, the hussars are being ordered to act as the rear guard and cover the rest of the army's retreat across the bridge, and then to burn the bridge once everybody is across. And so Nisvitsky rides down. Which, isn't this bridge made of stone? I don't know why I'm like picturing this, like just the sheer weight bearing that it's undergoing. Like I feel like this thing's got to be made of stone. I don't know. I mean, they're talking about burning it, so I don't. I think it might just that's be a strong. That's what I'm saying. Isn't that weird? A, I just might be a strong wooden bridge. That's a re- that's a really strong. They're like riding horses and like packing men across this thing. It's like a country road, I I think. So I don't know if they'd build a invest in a stone bridge or something like that i don't know how big the river is i mean woods you can get some pretty tough wood especially out of the yeah, old I'm, I'm the just, old forests i guess of Europe. i guess it was not built with the intention of shuttling Probably thousands not. and thousands of men <laughs> across it most likely not yeah what what season is this what season are we in uh Summer? winter winter oh winter we're approaching uh well it's october mm. at the start of this um part i think it mentioned it's, it's october Right, it did. So it might be October it might be November now. Who knows? But we're in we're in the beginning of winter or the in the end of fall. Hey, you know what happens to to armies when they try to invade Russia in the winter? Nothing good. Nothing good. Well, we're, in, we're they're invading Austria right now, so we haven't. Well, if they were hypothetically to ever try invading Russia in the winter, well, they probably lose. Hopefully, nobody does that in this book. <laughs> you can't see the look, Brett giving, and I. We're giving, Brett and I are giving each other a <laughs> very strong look over the <laughs> top of our microphones, like. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And so uh, Nisvitsky rides down to carry out his orders, and the cannoneers start shooting at each other, and all the boys love the sound of the cannon going off. They're going Yeehaw. crazy for it. Just the fact that like these guys are just like chilling and lighting off cannons. Hey, man. Baby, it was boring back then. It honestly probably really was. I think I would have been bored if I lived then. I think that's why Denisov and everyone were so excited for battle. They've probably been sitting around with almost nothing to do at all for who who knows how long and now they get promised of the most uh one of the most adrenaline pumping things you can possibly engage in as a human being life or death combat that's why i think that we should engage in life or death combat to emulate i said combat (laughs) i meant combat to emulate the feeling that our characters are going through i agree february 31st set the date mark it on your mark Mark it on on your your calendars. calendars Um, but that's all for this chapter. Very short, very brief. Uh, the only other thing of note is that it is mentioned that Nesvitsky has a Cossack orderly with him. An orderly is basically an assistant to a lower-ranking officer. But the uh, we mentioned the Cossacks earlier when Natalia was called a Cossack, a little Cossack by Maria Dmitrievna. And as we get into the war, we'll see more of the Cossacks. So I just wanted to, since we have a short chapter here, revisit them a little bit. Uh, because I looked up a little bit more about them. The Cossacks were essentially this semi-nomadic, highly militaristic culture of people who lived in eastern Ukraine and southern Russia. And they were divided into these tribes called hosts, which traveled around and were highly militarized, semi-nomadic, I think did a lot of sort of raiding, and were sort of this warrior culture. And there was a bunch of them, and they occupied this stretch of, I think, kind of steppe land that was very sparsely populated. And so when the Russian Empire 
began to establish itself and spread into these territories, I imagine that they probably came into some kind of conflict with the Cossacks, or at least didn't want to. It would it would have taken a great deal of work and effort to pacify and hunt down and assimilate these large populations of roving semi-nomadic warrior people. And so the Russian Empire struck a deal with the Cossacks where the Cossacks retained their autonomy. So they are self-governing. They act under their own laws. They aren't um, they aren't reduced to serfs and they aren't. Uh, they don't serve like Russian nobility or, or aren't beholden to the orders and commands of the Russian nobility. So they govern themselves, but in exchange, the Cossacks act as a wing of the Russian military. So they lend their military service to the Russian army in wars, at acting as primarily light cavalry and raiding forces. They're very adept at like hit and run strategies. And so in exchange for their autonomy and self-governance, they act basically as a wing of the Russian military. So we'll see as we get into the war part of this, we will see more and more of the, the Cossacks will be a, a regular theme. Um, they will they will appear quite frequently in the in the story as they are a essential like wing of the Russian army at this time in its history. Kachow. Kachow. All right. Um, who are characters? Who can I give you to rank? Um, let's do the Cossacks and what's the name of the a horse infantry? The Hussars? The Hussars. Let's use the Cossacks and the Hussars. Who is most likely to win at a jousting match? Oh, wow. <laughs> Interesting. Little, little Rook is judging. <laughs> the Cossacks? I gotta... I mean, I, I'd probably go with the Cossacks. I feel like they're more... Well, mm, I think the Cossacks are. have got more... They've got more military bite to them because they have like a whole culture of, of military warriordom. But the hussars, jousting is like the classic. Jousting is like a rich person. The sport of the nobility. Yeah. So the the hussars might have a slight advantage in that specific field of battle. So I think I would give a narrow edge to the hussars in the field of jousting just because I think it's more familiar terrain. But in the field of guerrilla warfare, the Cossacks would win. (laughs) That's not the question I was asking. Well, thank you so much for explaining that. All right. That's all. That's That's uh, our very short chapter six. See y'all tomorrow. As the French, as as Nesvitsky heads down. To burn the bridge. To give his orders to tell the Hussars to burn that bridge.